I wanted to pick up where we left off last week. We're, we're talking about staying the course. Staying the course. Look to somebody and say, stay the course. No, you didn't say it like you meant it. Say, turn to them and prophesy to them and say, stay the course, girl. Stay the course, man. Stay the course. Stay the course. Come on, don't get off track. Um, and last week we talked about how staying the course actually activates God's blessing in our lives. When we stay the course, uh, uh, we are within the realm of receiving God's blessings and his grace is, is, is poured out upon us. And let me, I, I'm, let, me under, let me help you to understand what grace is. Grace is merely uh, uh, the ability to go through whatever you're going through. The ability to go through whatever trial, whatever test. Sometimes you're saying, girl, I don't know how I made it through this. It was the grace of God. So when you're able to withstand pressure, when you're able to withstand uh, uh, trials and tribulations, just know that it's the grace of God. So when we stay the course, we activate the very blessings and the grace of God upon our lives. Number two. The, net, the uh, last week we talked about how staying the course means that we allow God to reveal every step that we take. We're not going to go off on our own, but we're literally laying before God and saying, God, reveal my next move. Reveal what I need to do. If you don't tell me what to do, I'm not going to move. And then number three, it says it requires us to stay connected to him and to continually seek him. If there was ever a time that we need to be seeking God, it is now. I cannot trust my own thoughts. I cannot trust my own emotions. I have to trust God. I have to seek God. I don't know anything else but to seek him. No matter, after all of my efforts mean nothing if God is not in it. So I got to continually seek him. Staying uh, the course means that we're not going to do our own thing or go our own way. I just said that. And then uh, number five, just to recap what we talked about, God expects for us to stay the course. He don't expect for you to get off. Now, the enemy is going to present everything that he can to try to knock you off course, try to knock you off from where you are. But God expects us to stay the course. Turn to your neighbor and say, God expects you to stay the course. To stay the course. Now on this week, I want to talk about keep your head in the game. Keep your head in the game. How many of you know about sports? Sports. Sports. Football season. Pastor Robin and I was watching a little bit of college football on last night, um, yesterday. In order to, to, to win a game or to be in sports, and I see, I know uh, my young man, he runs track. In order to, 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 to run and to be at the level that you're at, you got to do what? Got to keep your head in the game, don't you? You got to keep your head in it. You can't afford during this day and time to lose your head. Can't afford to lose your head. We got to keep our head in the game. So today, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about keeping our head in the game. Let's look at Romans 13 and 11. Romans 13 and 11 says, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day to day by day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. 
oblivious to God. That's the message translation. I really like the way of what that said. Get absorbed and exhausted. We get so absorbed and exhausted in our day-to-day life. What we need to do. How we need to do it. Thinking about the next day and the next day. We get so absorbed in ourselves that we get exhausted thinking about what we need to do next. Anybody with me on that? We get so exhausted. We're worn out. We're tired. Even to the point of we can't even give God his time because we've been so busy taking our day-to-day activities and making it a priority. And we give God the lowest priority that we can give him. Ah, glory to God. We get absorbed. Absorbed. And exhausted. We get absorbed in video games. We get absorbed in our technology. And we're so exhausted we can't even pick up the word of God. You go to pick up the word of God and you've fallen asleep. Because you think about your obligations that you have to. They're your obligations. Are they really the obligations that God gave you? Oh, I done hit something then. Are they God's obligations? Are they yours? Uh, remember what I said about grace. If they're God's obligations, he's going to give you the energy and the strength to keep on moving. You ain't going to feel exhausted because God's going to gird you up in his strength. But when you, when you know that you're worn out and you're tired and it's like, oh girl, I done did so much, I done did. Sometimes you need to check to really see if that's a God thing or a me thing. If it's just a you thing, something that you wanted to do. And then because you wanted to do it, you're saying, God, bless this. God said, I can't bless it because I didn't tell you to do it. Y'all ever been there before? I have. I have been there before where I knew God or or even felt. And God was like, he's not going to make you not do it. But what he will do is he'll let you get, he'll, he'll over, you can override his will and he'll allow you to get into it. And then it'll just, you tired, you broke down, you ain't got time for nothing. You don't want to be bothered. It's like, oh, God's like, I ain't tell you to do that. Lord, give me strength. What you asking for strength for? <laughs> that's, that's, the, I'm, I'm, that's just the truth, y'all. So oblivious to God oblivious we get so absorbed that we we lose our sensitivity and our drive and our hunger for God and the things of God and Romans 13 and 12 says the night is about over dawn is about to break be up and awake to what God is doing don't let this society lull you into sleep wake up tell your neighbor wake up Wake up to what God is doing. Be awake at to what God is doing. It says God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. He's putting the finishing touches of salvation on us. And we would just wake up. God would pour his spirit immensely into us. He would cause us to flourish like never before. He would cause us to grow. The Bible says that he that had begun a good work, he's going to complete it 
until the day that he comes. He wants to finish the work. I said at the beginning of this sermon series that God has literally called each and every one of us into divine purpose. Even the young people, the young people have a purpose. Just had this little young man. How old is this little young man right here? Two. This little young man has a purpose at two years old. At two years old, God has purpose for him, though he would not allow for him to come into this world. The Bible talks about that no man can give life and no man can take it away. We do what we do and life comes in, but it's God's purpose for that young man, for that young boy to be here in this life. And so what we have to do is, as children of God, we have to tap into that purpose. We have to encourage people to fulfill that purpose. We have to find out what our purpose is and be hungry to fulfill that purpose. So... Don't get absorbed in your day-to-day activities. Let's look at 13. It says, we can't afford to waste another minute. Anybody been wasting time? We cannot afford to waste another minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence. Frivolity. Frivolous. We just do it because we want. It's frivolous. It doesn't produce anything indulging what do you mean indulging indulging and i gotta have it this way i want it like this it feels good to me indulging in the flesh we have to crucify our flesh daily i'm talking about keeping your head in the game now if y'all ain't dry if y'all ain't catching these little nuggets it's like catch some nuggets indulge us don't indulge you cannot i'm telling you this young man cannot run track the way he runs it if he goes out and eats any kind of way he wants to eat. Am I right? He can't, he can't indulge and say, well, I'm going to have a Big Mac today uh, at, 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 in the morning time. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to have a Whopper at, at lunchtime. And then I'm going to have me a smorgasbord of meats the next meal. He will be sluggish and will not be able to withstand the distance that he has been called to run. And it is the same way with us in this spiritual walk. We cannot keep our head in the game if we are indulging in flesh. We're going to be weighted down with the problems that, that, that the enemy tries to put on us. You cannot afford to be bogged down because you cannot run when you're weighted down. And so it says, must not squander the hours, daylight hours, daylight hours in sleeping and dissipation. All we want to do is just sleep. And I'm talking about not sleeping naturally, but sleeping spiritually. We're just going to sleep on God. God don't hear from us. He don't see you seeking him. He ain't seeing you hungry for him. You just sleep. And then it says in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. My goodness, bickering. Bickering with one another. No, that's mine. No, it ain't mine, it's yours. It's, we're fighting. Looking at other people and saying, why are they acting like this? Why are they doing? Caught up in what they're doing, bickering, and then trying to grab everything. The world will present everything to us. And we're trying to grab everything that we can. Trying to get rich. God knows what you have need of. 
God knows exactly what you have need of grabbing everything in sight. It ain't yours, but I'm going to grab it. That's stealing. <laughs> That's stealing. <laughs> Let's go to verse 14. Keep your head in the game. Keeping your head in the game requires that you get up out of bed and get dressed. First of all, you got to make up in your mind that, look, I'm going to get up out of where I'm at. I may not be feeling well. I may be hurt. I may be wounded. I may be weighted down with the problems and the cares of this life. But I am making a conscious decision that I'm going to get up out of this. You got to encourage yourself like David said. I encourage myself. Girl, you going to get up out this. Girl, you cannot sit here and keep on crying over the same mess. Man, come on. Man up. Man up. It's like I, 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 I think of a sports player. When a sports player gets hurt, they don't sit there. They, the pain will be there for a little bit. But I tell you one thing. They got to drive within them to say, look, I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to. Come on, muscles. Come on, get it right. And that's the way you have to speak to your spiritual self. You got to speak to your spiritual muscles and say, come on, get this thing together. Get yourself together. Hold your head up. Lift your head up. Be encouraged. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's my peace and he's my comfort. How are you going to get up? Talk to yourself. When you get up in the morning, you don't want to. But you, your mind is saying, you know that alarm clock, you, you know you got to go to work. And this, let me just park right here. Why is it that we can jump up? Y'all know where I'm going. We can jump up because we got to be to work at a certain time. And sometimes we're up ahead of time. But it, when it comes to the things of God, snooze button. Or we just override the alarm altogether. Or matter of fact, we just turn the phone on silent. God, I'm going to silence you right now. Mm. But when it comes to, what did I say, indulging and doing those things that is going to satisfy our flesh, we up and at it. It feels good. But when it comes to things that are within our spirit man that's going to build up our spirit man, we sluggish. Am I talking to anybody in here? Make up in your mind that you're going to get up. Don't loiter or linger. Don't wait. The time is, do not wait to get your head in the game. You have, I tell the praise and worship team on Saturday, I said, look, uh, 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 prepare yourself for worship on Sunday. Prepare your mind. Get yourself and, and listen to some songs. Listen to some scriptures so that come Sunday morning, you ain't waiting to get your head in the game. You got your head in the game on Saturday. And it's the thing, same thing with the things of God, with, with staying the course. We have to keep our head in the game. We got to get up. We got to get dressed. We can't wait. We can't linger until the very last minute. And then the Bible says to dress yourselves in Christ. In Christ. We dress ourselves in Christ by what we're doing today. We're coming here to hear the word of God. We dress ourselves. Don't get up and think that you want to get dressed physically and you going out the house naked spiritually. 
You walking out the house every day, ain't read a scripture, ain't prayed, ain't said, God, Holy Spirit, direct my day, direct this day. You ain't saying nothing in the world, and you going out naked every day. Every day spiritually. Now, would you go out naked physically in the natural realm? Then why are you going to go out naked spiritually? Undressed. No, you flashing, folks. <laughs> you flashing people. <laughs> spiritually. Flashing people. You ain't got no scripture to, say, to meditate on or to, to get in your spirit. Stop flashing people spiritually. Let's look at, let's look at a, a, a young man by a, a rich man. Keeping our head in the game. Keep your head in the game. Luke 12 and 16 talks about what happens when we don't keep our head in the game. And we begin to pursue and to indulge in our day-to-day activities. It says, and this is Jesus talking to this rich man. It says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Fine crops, a fertile farm. We are fertile ground. We're fertile. And I want you to get that, that God has, has placed so many things inside of you that is just beyond our own thinking and capacity. And we're fertile and God wants us to produce. And it says, a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Verse 17. And it says, he said to himself, the rich man said it, what should I do? I don't have room for all of my crops. In other words, I got all of this stuff and I ain't got room for it. We are so busy accumulating and seeing what we can do to live this here, this life here on earth that we are forsaking life beyond this earth. We're indulging. We're, we're so busy at trying to build and to do. Remember I said our day-to-day or day-by-day activities. It says that I don't have room for all of my crops. All of this stuff I don't got, I don't have room for it. Verse 18. And it says, and then he said, I know. I ain't got room for it. So what I'll do is I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And that's what we do. We begin to build bigger things. This isn't good enough. So what what we do is we start seeking after this. I got to have more. I got to do more. I got to be more. And I'm not talking about being more. I'm talking about more that's going to satisfy our flesh. That's going to help us. So we think in our our own natural life. Well, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying. And I heard somebody saying the other day, you know what? One thing about us, we got to get it in. We got we to gotta make it happen. We're out here making it happen. Are you out there making it happen with Jesus? Are you out there making it happen with the Lord on your side? Are you out there making it happen because you want more? You want to be like the Joneses. You want to be greater than everybody else. It says, and so he says, I'm going to tear this down and I'm going to build bigger ones. It says, then I have room enough to store all of my wheat and other goods. I have what it takes. We're getting more, and we think that that's going to satisfy us. We think that that's going to help us. And it says, 
all of my wheat. And it says, and I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have stored, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. What you, what got you through yesterday is not sufficient for today. What you used to do and how you made it last year is not going to get you through this year. It's just not going to happen. It's going to take more. Why? Because God expects more. As you grow, you're not going to go try to put on a 4T. And you a size 16. How would I look trying to put on a 4T? Or 12 months. I can't even get my. I cannot take it easy because I'm constantly growing. I got to do upgrade. God's saying it's time for upgrades. You've been trying to operate off of the old operating system. But now God is saying I got to come in and slick the hard drive. I got to come in and put an update. If you're using Windows, you need to put an update. And y'all know it on your computers. It'll update whether you want it to or not. But God is not going to work that way. God will update everybody around you and everything around you and you will be stale and old. Still trying to make it off of what you made it off of yesterday. God's saying, come on, let's update. It's no time to take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. Let's look at um, verse 20. It says, but God said to him, look with him. He sat back and he was, he was comfortable. He did not keep his head in the game. He didn't keep his head in the game. And he said, you fool, you will die this very night. That sounds kind of hard for somebody to tell somebody. I come to you, you're going to die tonight. You're going to be mad with me. Pastor Wendy over the open altar worship center sitting there prophesying to folk and telling folk they're going to die. You're going to be dead mad with me. And then it says, you fool. And then he called him a fool. That was, that was flag number one. Come on now. If I call somebody up in here a fool, you're going to be ready to fight me. He ain't come now, baby. Now, you know. No, he said, you fool. You will die this night. It says, then who will get everything you work for? Everything that you work for. You're so busy trying to build up things and take care of your day by day life. And God's saying, who is it for? When you close your eyes, if you, if you close your eyes today, everything that you've been working hard for, who's it going to go to? Who's it for? Everything that you're trying to build up and make your life more, I'm just pursuing my dream. Don't pursue your dream at the sake of not pursuing your soul. And pursuing, building up your soul. It's all right to pursue our dreams. But God said, I would desire that you prosper spiritually even as you prosper naturally. It says, then who will get everything you work for? Let's go to verse 21. Verse 21 says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. We want to have a rich relationship with God. 
How many of you want a rich relationship? Not just a relationship, but you want your relationship to be rich. If I said to you today, Diana, if I said, girl, I'm going to give you a million dollars, you're going to say, oh, I just, oh, Pastor Wendy gave me a million dollars and I'm rich. You would walk out of here happy. Girl, you want lunch today? Come on, I'm treating everybody to lunch. I know I would. I'd go get me the two cars that I've been looking at. Because I'm rich. But rich. I'm rich. Yes, I am. I'm rich. And we're so busy trying to get rich in this life and rich naturally that we don't even take time to sow and to cultivate our relationship and become rich in our relationship with God. It's easy for us to sleep, stay home. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I ask you the question today. I cannot ask it for you. How high is God on your priority list? How high is God on your priority list? So I'm going to give you some points and we're going to go ahead on and get out of our way. I don't think this is in the, in the scriptures, but it says, I'll tell you what, let me go to this first point. How do we stay on course and keep our head in the game? Don't get up. How do we keep our head in the game? Point number one. Don't get absorbed and exhausted. Don't get absorbed and exhausted. Your day-to-day activities, go back to that first uh, scripture that I read. But make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted in trying to take care of all of your day-by-day obligations. Your day-by-day obligations. Seek God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. Everything that you need will be added to you if you seek God first. Look at your, make a, prior, make a list of all the things that you do. I, I can't do it tomorrow because tomorrow's a holiday, but on Tuesday, make a list of all of the things that you do every day and that you consider to be a priority. And don't put God at the top of the list because I said so today. If he ain't normally there, don't put, him, don't, don't put him there normally. I'm just being honest. Be true to yourself. So it says, point number one is don't get absorbed and exhausted. And I said it earlier, when we're so busy taking care of our day-to-day activities, we get absorbed and exhausted that we cannot keep our head in the game. We can't run. We can't do anything. We're tired. Point number two. Point number two says get rid of cramped thinking. (laughs) What do I mean? It says, but the worries of this life, and this is Mark 4 and 19. You can write that down. I don't think I put that in there. It says, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The very word of God, the enemy is trying to choke the word of God out of you, 
trying to choke that word that's being planted. Even now, he's trying to choke that word that's being planted inside of you. Because he knows, the enemy knows that if if your heart, and if you ever really get a hold of the word, the word is going to change your life. The word is going to cause you to, 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 to prosper. Get rid of cramped thinking. Those things that are distracting you, those people that are distracting you, you got to get rid of them. Get rid of the cramped thinking. It's like going back to an athlete. In order for an athlete to keep their head in the game, they can't be thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow. They got to be thinking about the game that they're in or the race that they're getting ready to run. They got to be thinking. You ever seen it when they have a pep rally and they, they all around each other hitting each other? Come on. Come on. They slapping each other. They trying to make sure that their head is in the game and getting prepared for what they have to get ready and do. And I say to you on today, get your head in the game. Keep your head in the game. Wake yourself up. And the thing is, cramp thinking Do not let anybody put anything on you that's not of God. That's going to bog you down and cramp what you think of God. If they're coming to you and saying to you something that is contrary to what God has already told you, you need to get rid of it. They're trying to cramp your thinking. Or the vision that God has given you. He's given it to you. And people are literally saying, girl, you can't do this. God, man, you can't do this. That's cramped thinking. Don't let nobody cramp your thinking. Get rid of cramped thinking. Enlarge your mind. Enlarge what God wants for you to do. And then my last point. Be good stewards over our thoughts. What does it mean to be a steward over our thoughts? You can't sit here and think of everything, watch everything, do everything, say everything, and be a good steward over your thoughts. A good steward over your thoughts is being mindful of what you think. Be mindful. How many of you ever sit in the run of a day and just sit and think about what you're thinking about? You ever, you ever sit there and think about what you think about? Or sometimes you could be sitting there, and I do it all the time. God knows. I do it all the time. I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, thinking about what I need to do, and I'm way over in left field thinking about something else. That's not being a good steward. And, and the enemy will do it when, you, when it comes time for you to study the word of God. When it comes time, even here in church service, when it comes time for you to receive the word of God, you will get so distracted. But God's saying, reel your thoughts in, reel your minds in. Those things, the Bible says that think on those things that are lovely. Think of those things that are true. Think of those things that are of a good report. We got to learn how to steward our thoughts. Stop letting everything and anything come through our minds and park and make his home there. But the Bible says that we are to cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge and the will of God. We got to pull these things down. And the reason why I say keep your head in the game, the only way that you are going to make it to your destination, the only way that you are going to stay on course is that your head has to be in the game. The one thing about it is your body is going to follow where your head goes. 
And if your head is chopped off, then your body can no longer function. The life flows out of the head. Keep your head in the game. Keep your heart in the game. And I, w- I was listening to a, a, a preacher on this week. And a preacher, he was saying, we are trying to fight these things with a heart knowledge. But God, is, but, but God did not ask us to fight it with a heart knowledge, but he wanted us to fight it with a head knowledge. Head knowledge in knowing who you are in Christ. Head knowledge in knowing who the word, what the word of God says about you. You got to know this word of God. You can say what I feel all day long. The enemy don't care about your feelings. He cares about what you know about the word of God. He cares about what you know about God. So I declare to you on the today, the Bible says to put on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects our thoughts. We have to put on the word of God. Drench our minds with the word of God. What happened in, 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 in the wilderness when Jesus, when, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, every time that Satan presented a, 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 a temptation, Jesus quoted the word to him. So how you are going to stay on course and eliminate all the distractions and stay on course and do what God has called for you to do, you are going to have to use the word of God. 